For the month of February, we have been in a sermon series titled Standing on the Promises, and today's lesson comes from the Gospel of John chapter 14. We're going to talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, you can find our lesson for today on page 877. As you're looking for that, I'd invite you to uh, pray with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Silence any voice in our heart but your own. So that as the word is read and proclaimed, we may hear what you would have us do, how you would call us to live. And we would leave this place renewed and ready to be your hands and feet in the world. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. John 14, verses 18 through 31. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us be on our way. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So I grew up living on a cul-de-sac. It was a safe place 
where we knew all of our neighbors. And so I was actually allowed to roam freely. I'd come home from school or for church and wander throughout the street. When I was about six or seven, one of the places I really loved to go was about three houses down from us to my neighbor Ryan's. Now Ryan was two years older than me and had cerebral palsy. Because of this, his downstairs living room is where we would spend all of our time playing. He had a wonderful imagination. And I was always excited to see what new toy he had that we were going to play with that day. The neat thing was that I could be sitting in his downstairs living room and hear it. The sharp whistle of my father standing on our front porch calling me home. I knew that whistle meant that it was time for me to go. We had to go to church or my mother had dinner ready or it was time for me to do that homework that I had left unfinished. One Sunday afternoon, like any other day, I had gone down to Ryan's house to play. We were deep into our make-believe world when his mom came in and said, Trinity, I'm sorry, but it's time for us to have dinner, which I knew was my cue to leave. And then I felt it. The sense of panic. It was Sunday. We have church tonight. Why hadn't my dad called me home? I bolted out of the front door and began to run up the street. And as I approached our house, I realized that there were no cars in the driveway. I ran to the front door. I tried it. And it was locked. So I ran to the back door and I began to bang on it. And I realized no one was there. I had been left. I had been abandoned by my family. I sat down on those steps and began to sob. Somehow they had forgotten me. Me, the baby. I have two older sisters. Okay, maybe my parents could have forgotten me, but certainly my sisters would not have forgotten me. There I was, all alone. As I cried into my knees, I heard it. The sound of my mom's car coming up the street. She turned into the driveway and jumped out of the car and ran and gave me a hug. She told me how sorry she was, that it was a simple mistake. She thought I had gone early with my dad to church, which I did love to do, and he thought I was coming with her, and so they had left me behind. She scooped me up in her arms and gave me a hug and reminded me that I would never be abandoned that I was always safe. But that fear that I felt, it isn't foreign to most of us. That fear of being alone, the worry of being abandoned, is often familiar to us, even as adults. In particular, we feel that and experience it when we lose a loved one. That's why for many of us, today's passage 
sounds like familiar words. John 14 is often used when ministers are preaching at funerals. And the promise Jesus makes is exactly what we need to hear when the loneliness begins to creep in. It was the fear of abandonment that the disciples were facing in our text for today. This passage comes after John has recorded the Last Supper. Christ has just told the disciples that he is going to leave them, and they begin to feel that panic set in. What are they going to do without Jesus? How will they go on? Who will lead them? I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Jesus says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Christ's promise for the disciples and for us today is that we are not alone. We are not without a caregiver. We have not been abandoned. God has come to us through the Holy Spirit to offer us all we need to continue on even in the face of hardship. But Jesus doesn't just stop there. He doesn't simply say, you're not alone, wipe your tears, let's go. He gives legs to the promise so that we can confidently stand even as grief surrounds us. Verses 20 and 21 show us that the Holy Spirit isn't simply a babysitter, but that there is a relationship that comes with this promise. With the gift of the Spirit, we are promised a deeper relationship with God. The word in is repeated again and again in verse 20. It sounds a little familiar. I am in my Father. You are in me. I am in you. He repeats this again to give us confidence. But what does that mean for us to be in God and God in us? It's all pointing us to love. For us to be in God, for God to dwell within us, we are being called to love. It's foundational to that comfort and a reminder of God's presence. God doesn't simply come and hover around us. God is with us, filled with love. That love is so deep that we are not simply given the Holy Spirit as a figment of our imagination. We are given the Holy Spirit as an advocate. The word used here is paraclete, which means to come along beside. I cannot help but envision a father with a child who is trying to learn to ride their bike, running alongside them, holding on to the seat, helping them, supporting them, giving assurance for what lies ahead. This promise of the Holy Spirit gives us the same confidence that in love, God comes alongside 
teaches us what we need, reminds us of what we know, and helps us remember we are not alone. Many people love the beginning of the Gospel of John. Its language is poetic and beautiful. One line that stands out to me, the word became flesh and lived among us. That's John 1.14. It's such a comfort to know that God came to earth in human form. It's so comforting, in fact, that we chose to name our child Davis Emmanuel because we wanted him to remember Emmanuel, God with us. The way Eugene Peterson translated that verse 114 in his message was the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. There is comfort in this idea of God being all around and up in our business like a nosy neighbor. It's why I don't want us to miss what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit because it didn't stop when Jesus left. In verse 23, it says, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. In the promise of the Holy Spirit, we have a caregiver, one who makes a home with us. God knew exactly what the disciples needed with the news of Jesus' departure. When we feel abandoned, we crave companionship or the familiar surroundings of home. It's why I sat on that front porch instead of going out and asking my neighbors for help. That sense of home brings with it security. And this is what God offers to us in the Holy Spirit, that familiar reminder of what we have been taught through Christ. It is that familiarity that I believe gives us the sense of peace Jesus speaks of when he says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. As ones who know that God has not abandoned us, as ones who live with the love of God in us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we have a peace that is far greater than the absence of conflict as our world-defined peace. We have a peace that is a holistic sense of well-being. It's a peace that allows us to face another day with the passing of a loved one. It's a peace that allows us to stand up for what is right, even when we know it's not popular. During the summers when I was growing up, our Wednesday night church was a little different. You see, we'd still have our church-wide dinners during the summer, but instead of going to choir after dinner, we'd get to have some free playtime. And our go-to was always hide-and-go-seek. Now, being the preacher's daughter, I knew where all the best hiding places were in the church. But I used to get so frustrated with the younger kids because all they wanted to do was hide as close as they could to base 
wait for it to go out and seek and run and sit on home base. You know, they were worried they were going to become it. And the truth was, they'd get bored with the game, sitting on home base, waiting for the rest of us to come back. They missed the fun. The fun was actually in going out. The fun was in hiding and being found. Home base was only really there when we needed rest. Home base was when you really needed a moment of safety. I can't help but think that many of us choose to use the promise of the Holy Spirit like those younger children during a game of hide-and-go-seek. We want to hold on to the promise of God with us, snuggle up in our spiritual homes and dwell in that peace, keeping it for ourselves. But I'm afraid when we do that, We miss the point of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Certainly, there are moments when we experience loss, when we've gone through a struggle that we need a moment to sit and rest on home base, to truly dwell in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to allow for God to come alongside us in love and offer us comfort to bring us healing and renewal. But once we've found that peace, once we've experienced God's renewal, we're supposed to stand on the promise, to live as those who are filled with God's Spirit, to take heart in the last words of our scripture lesson today. Rise. Let us be on our way. When we have found our home with the Holy Spirit, we are to confidently go and embody God's love and peace in the world. We are to remember what Christ taught us, to go and baptize, to love our neighbor, to make disciples, to care for those in need. The promise of the Holy Spirit and the comfort it offers isn't meant to bring us complacency. It's meant to bring us healing and hope. It's meant to take us out into the world. God has not left us orphaned. So rise, let us be on our way.